Welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast, episode number 78. The Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast is two blokes that have known each other forever, who catch up most days in the Melbourne CBD to talk about everything Essendon Football Club. My name is Grant, and with me is Scott. Hello, everyone. Uh, my first question to you, Grant, is where is the lid? Okay, so the lid's still off. Um, I did reach for the lid. Um, I, I picked it up. I have placed it in a easy access sort of area. I can see it from here. I can reach it with my right hand, but I have yet to officially put it back on. So okay, so the lid still we're still we're still a little the, bit. The lid is off. We're still the on the positive off. vibe. Yep, positive okay. vibe. One game, people. One game in the last six. I know it does feel funny now. If you if you said you know. What have we won? Eight of the last ten on seven yeah. last nine or something. You'd be more than happy with that. But it, it, it did, like we said, mid-season. We now you have to win every game, and everyone's critical. And that's how it feels like. It's it, yeah. We'll, we'll discuss about the next three weeks coming up. But uh, I have a personal opinion that this week is a bit of a grand final for this mate, football club. The, absolutely, it is. That we got to beat the dogs. Yeah, uh, Fremantle in Fremantle. I don't want to trust be... the side in Fremantle. No, and no. and Collingwood. I kind of feel like I know the result. We're in trouble against Collingwood and Frio over there. It's just, it's yeah. not something we want to rely on. We really don't. No. Um, let's just beat the dogs, man. Let's so, just, yeah. Yeah, no, that's it. The lid off still, <laughs> mate, you couldn't... Because, like, you're, you're 100% right. If you said to me, Grant, 10 weeks ago, that we'd be... Two games clear in the eight. Two <laughs> games clear in the eight. I'd go, sold! Thank you very much. Yeah. But, well, but you'll lose... You'll you'll barely beat Gold Coast and you'll lose to Port Adelaide by 10 goals, but you'll be two games clear in the eight. Sold! Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. uh, but, no, I tell you what, from from the reaction that I've got from, from social media and from people I've been speaking to, it is Armageddon. The entire club should be burnt to the ground. Every player should be sent to uh, Siberia and the Essendon Football Club should be rebuilt from the ground up. I think there's a lot of, what I would say, nervous energy because, because the reality is Gold Coast, we play very bad, right? And, and, and it saw a pattern of us uh, not running two ways, so uh, I Gold Coast spread far too easily for I'm sure Wush's liking yep. and best definitely Rutten's liking, uh, and then they've scored 96 points, and then Ports almost doubled that spread, yep. and we have not been able to run at all to cover their spread, but, and they've but, what they've scored but, 120 odd points. Yeah, but. You take Hooker out of the back line. Again, I know he's supposed to be in the front. But you take Hooker out of oh, the back that's, line. Oh, that's for sure. Your yeah. Saad was running on half a leg. Um, th- this is the thing, man. We've got... I would um, say Francis was running on Francis, half There you go. Francis was also he running on half a leg. He definitely hurt his leg. He hurt his leg, right? So, man, I, I, this is the thing, is that we lost by 10 goals. It ain't great. Again, 10 weeks ago, if you said we'll lose to Port Adelaide at Etihad uh, Marvel, um, by 10 goals to Port Adelaide, I'd go, no, I don't want that. No, I don't ever want a 10-goal loss, right? But if you said to me, yeah, well, you're going to lose because Saad Francis um, were Parrish injured. Parrish was out for the game. McKernan pulled out pre-game. Hooker was in hospital for two days during the week with an infection in his arm. The day before, um, actually. The day before he was in infection. Well, come on, people. Of course. We, are, we have overperformed because we've just shown incredible grit but it's just too it's much. A, yeah, and that's probably how I tweeted, and I, got, I probably got a little bit of slack, but a lot of people supported it. I kind of said that, 
you know, Essendon um, with that McKernan and Parrish and the events during the game, probably the seesaw of things that the club can handle, tipped over to the wrong side. Yep. And, and it kind of opened the gate of... Of doom, <laughs> the gate of doom. I like it. And uh, the gate of ten gold doom. And, and we just, you know, we just could. I think we put up a valid actual effort in the first half of yeah. considering what was happening and Parish going down and all that. And the second half, we just couldn't sustain it. And <sighs> but I must admit, it, it looked like a tired side to me as well. And that was my either With observation. That kind of gut running and super duper effort where we've come from behind. It's so hard to do. Coming from behind regularly like that really yeah. makes you tired. Yeah, and you know we're going to sound like a whole bunch of excuses, and and I don't want to seem that way because I, 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 I never accept a ten goal loss support no, for a home game. Yes, you know it, I, it should have been twenty to thirty points at least, um, especially one that we we attended. Damn it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And Ben Simmons. And Ben and for Ben Simmons was and the there, poor yeah. guy. We have this great run, and we're just thinking like, oh, he's thinking of beauty. I'm coming home. I'm going to go watch the Bombers. This will be awesome. <laughs> he's he's, a he's super excited to meet Waller. So uh, he was like, oh, I better not turn up next. <laughs> yeah, um, ten goals. Probably yeah, but we've we played obviously the two interstate games in a row, and then had a six day break after that, and it just felt like. It was just a club that needed a breather. Um, don't don't let yourself get taken away, bomber fan. But taken yeah. away with the whole thing, bomber fans. You've got um, you just just think of the facts. Think of the last five weeks and what we've had to do. Look, it's it is indisputable that we haven't played the best football. Yeah, and it's allowed teams to get out to 30, 40 point leads uh, by halftime. That is not a sustainable game plan. And and Wusha no. knows it. Everybody knows it. But, mate, we have come back. We have shown real grit. But it's it's come back to bite us eventually. And now it's a really good test for the boys, whether or not... And, again, the problem is is that is Sadi right? Is Parrish right? Is Francis right? Because if, yeah. if those three blokes aren't right, if they're playing at 80%, is Heppel right? I mean, is Heppel right? I think man? Heppel's the a key to this whole game. Yeah. I, I, think, I think if it... For me, out of the three games, this is a game everyone has to roll the dice on. Yeah, I agree. I think it's the most winnable game out of the three. And we have to win a game to get in to cement our spot. I think I think you have to roll the dice on this game. Absolutely. When we come back from the break, we'll get into it a bit more. Um, just sort of running through the stats and letting you know uh, what we think over the next three games as a focus. And we'll update you on your calf injury. <laughs> yeah, great. Welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch Up Podcast. Now then, look, this was a this was a real bad game. 10-goal loss is a real bad game. There's no way to look at it other than that, really. Um, I think, as we said before the break, we look like a tired side, and the stats reflect it. We could do... Look, and I, Scotty and I, would we can go through the fact that <laughs> bloody David Zarakis didn't have enough, and Langford didn't have enough, and Clark didn't have enough, and um, and all these guys. I mean, Saad was injured, so his, his possessions are down, and Orazio didn't get enough of it, Waller didn't get enough of it, right? We could go through all of those, but I reckon we should concentrate a little bit on the on the positives from the game. Well, that would be a good two minute segment. Um, <laughs> Will Snelling. Will, Will Snelling. Will Snelling being the obvious. Yeah. Now, there's two obvious positives to me. 
uh, and I'd, I'd probably be in my votes if I didn't. Yep. Will Snelling, uh, really good game. Got the ball, tackled, pressured hard. Uh, kicked some important goals um, uh, when the game was a bit hot. Yep, absolutely. And um, yeah, just had a real presence about him. Um, I've, he can tackle. I'll, I would dare that. say that's probably his best game in his AFL career. In his career, full stop. I would imagine. Yeah, um, as it's obviously in the seniors, that would definitely be his biggest um, game. So, yep. congratulations to Will. Uh, real positive. Um, look, you can never, you never go wrong with a good small forward and slash sometimes up the slash, mid. Yeah, well, slash defensive sort of. Tackling in the forward line. And look, I thought Patrick Ambrose com- um, was fantastic. Um, completely uh, shut down the guy that's... What's his name? The big lump of a the guy? The guy that... Charlie, Charlie Dixon. Dixon. Uh, Charlie Dixon. Five possessions for Dude, Charlie Dixon. and five no, possessions. No shot on goals. So uh, he's completely... If you think about how much... How loose and open the ball came down. Yeah, by yeah, Lad yeah. Tells you how good Ambrose played. Now, Man. people will say Charlie Dixon's just not a good player, but forget that. You, you've still got to do your job because this guy has beaten Ben Brown. He's beaten really good forwards all year. And uh, I've, Ambrose... He's the definitely yeah. the silent achiever, that bloke. Yeah, he is. He's, he's not going to get win you into the ball a lot, but he's, you know, as far as a person doing their role for the club... Uh, that's that's an A plus. And I bet you, I bet you, every week they sit down with Paddy, and say, "Mate, your role is to beat this bloke. Your role yeah. is to beat this bloke." Or they probably sit down with him and say, "Right, Charlie Dixon's not allowed to touch it. Yeah, we don't we don't mind if you're not doing Sardi runs off the back line and and um and picking up twenty five possessions off the back line, but your bloke isn't allowed to touch the ball." Yeah, because they don't need run off the back line. They've got the um, Sadi and and Connor off the back line. So no, really, really impressive effort from um, Paddy Ambrose. And look, I, I will say, um, obviously, Port won the hit out something like forty odd to sixteen or seventeen. Uh, yeah, and, and Zach Clark copped a bit of stuff on social media, but uh, I just don't get it. Like. What are we complaining about? A third string ruckman who's not good enough for the all, recent All Australian Paddy Ryder? Like, of yeah. course that's not good enough. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah. I I never went into the game thinking, oh, we're we're yeah. in we're, we're in a chance here. Yeah. He's going to put it down Dylan Shields' throat. Everybody needs to take a very very deep breath when it comes to Zach Clark. If we get um, good games out of Zach Clark, then it's a bonus. But God bless you, Zach, and thank you very much for your time in the in the Bombers. Um, jumper but everybody knows that he's he's probably past his best and what we're getting out of him is a contest it's an attempt to a contest and again if this was i mm. mean tim english next week is going to be a better matchup for much him, better right? matchup for him because yeah. paddy Ryder's experienced he was an all australian ruckman he's he's gonna beat him to the ball 90 percent of the time so the, again, just the the absolute vitriol that you get on the on on social media about poor Zach Clark. I won't be surprised if he goes, yeah, you know what, Bombers at the end of the year, I might go back to Subi where um where I'm actually appreciated <laughs> for the efforts that I put in. So let's not tee yeah. off on Zach too much, mate. We don't have an option. It just sucks. It's just it's like there's nothing you can do about it. It's just you know every club that has to be forced to use their third string ruckman has the exact same issue. It's just bad luck. And that we have these injuries, uh, but you know, it, I'm not going to crucify the guy. He's not. I, I never thought he was going to sort of out tap uh, Paddy, and, and that's what happened. We obviously once we lost, got smashed in centre clearances, and it had a big result in the game. But hey, 
it wasn't just Zach Clark. About 16 guys didn't turn up to this game. Yeah, exactly and, right. And, and, like, you look at the midfield. Uh, if you look at your know, midfield, you know, McGrath, Zaharakis, Langford, Clark, Guelphie. Uh, if you include Sard as just a runner, Waller. Um, and obviously, And obviously Parrish got injured. Um, those guys all had tw- 19 and 20 possessions under or under. They're all... We just could not get our hands on the ball. And again, you were, you were saying yeah. to me, and I, I went back and had a look at the replay, and you were right. Andy McGrath, loving to death, man. Come on, it's Andy McGrath. But... Just had a bad... Yeah. Had a bad game, man. These little handballs that were ineffectual. So a quarter of those 20 possessions were little ineffectual handballs. And when you've got Francis off the back line, who's running on half a leg, you've got... Um, Hooker down there who couldn't control the back line like he usually does. It didn't work with him, with him as a forward. They gave him a go a couple of years ago as yeah. a forward. But they He's, had to do it, though. And that they had to do it. That's yeah. cool. I appreciate yeah. it. And it just, but for this particular game, it just wrecked it didn't our structure. Work. Yeah. Absolutely wrecked our structure. It's and not what we wanted. No. It's it, just what happens when McKernan pulls out. It's and McKernan's exactly the backup Ruckman. So it's nothing went right. No. Like, and you've just, got, I mean, this is the other thing, too, about McKernan. Do you reckon McKernan is our first picked full forward? I don't think so. Like, Joey D's out. Jimmy Stewart's out. McKernan's out. Mitch Brown's running around trying to get every possession he can in the forward line. Yeah. We've just... We're down to third string... Not that Smack is a third string player, but we're down to, like, every option we can possibly have from our tools at the moment. We've got Hurls out. We've got Hooker with a, with a bung arm um, playing out of position. We've got no McKernan, no Danaher, no Jimmy Stewart. We... It's yeah. a makeshift side. It's a makeshift forward line. And the entry into this year's... In, into this year's... Well, this year, pretty much. This game, the entry into forward 50 was just awful, man. Oh, that was... Uh, I mean, that was... Oh, there were some plays there. I was so frustrated. Uh, and, and look, this that part of it... Uh, we seriously have to address it in the off-season. Uh, that, that part of that game, from the mid to the forward connection, whatever's breaking down... That part, Wusher and the line coaches have to get right because it, it's just been, it's just been. Look, I'm gonna be honest. It's been terrible all year. If I had yeah. to say pass or fail on any sort of, I don't. I'm not an AFL coach, so I can't say pass or fail or anything. But from a fan's point of view, pass and fail on our entry into forward fifty, even if it is to a makeshift forward line. Like I, I would say fail to answer to yeah. finish that sentence. I would say fail big time because, mate, if I see four foot nothing of Waller, yeah, leading up and trying to take front of the pack, pack no. marks, one more time, I swear, like yeah. uh, that poor bugger is the definition of a of a rover off a pack. We have no yeah. tools, man. We've got no tools to be able to. Mind you, it shows you smack last week. When the ball was in the air, he was clunking marks left and right. Mm. Now, we just don't have it in our we forward line at the it, moment. Yeah. So we don't know who... They double-team hooker. They just read the... Yeah, it's, they... it was simple. We we, we had it to him on a platter. Yeah. And uh, and there was a play. Uh, you know, there's probably two plays. And look, these guys are good players. and But just two plays that come to mind. One, um, Zaharakis. Um, uh, Francis gets the ball. <laughs> oh, that's what happens when you turn your mobile phone on. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Francis gets the ball, and um, and uh, he he eventually comes on to Zarakis. Now Zarakis is like fifty five out. 
he decides to have a pot shot himself, but it's clearly there's Waller to the left of him, 20 meters in space, just no one in the forward line but Waller. And you go, you've got to give it off, man. you just got to give it off. Uh, and then you've got Guelphie, who marks it, I think it's in towards the last quarter, uh, probably about 65 out. He actually stops for about 10 seconds, which is even more my frustration. Uh, Clearly sees Hooker having a four-on-one. It's four-on-one. And, and it's and, not like they were hiding either. No. They were all milling around one Essendon jumper. And you see Stringer yelling at him to hold the ball, hold the ball up, hold yep. the ball up. Almost to say, let me get into space 20 metres to the left of you, just so we've got an option for See, you. He just completely ignores it and then kicks it 50 metres It's this straight down the other end of the ground. It, it is this mentality to get it into the forward line quickly at all costs. That's great if, for some strange reason, you've got um, Stringer one-on-one with some little poor defender, right? He's going to tear that bloke apart and he'll get the ball and he'll kick a goal. Yeah. But when there's four blokes surrounding Hooker, because everybody knows... He's the only tall marking option in there. And Guelph, it was almost like he, he stopped. He did his obligatory 10 seconds where he ran back on the mark, turned around, was all keen and ready to go. And he was looking and he was looking and he was assessing and he was looking. And you could see him look directly at Hooker. Yeah, He looked directly at him and then he didn't look anywhere else. And then it was almost like he felt, he, it looked like he felt like, oh, I've, got the, I've been hanging on to the ball too long. They're going to fill up the forward line. I've got to get it moving quickly because I've been told you've got to get it in there as fast as is humanly possible. And he just blazed away with it. Yeah. In the general direction of Hooker, who gets quadruple teamed. And surprise, surprise, the ball comes flying out of 50. No, well, you got Rob Harding uh, after the game. I just heard him talk about the game. And he said that one of their big issues that they've been having is, is as much as they move the ball really fast, they're not recognising that the forwards aren't set up yet. Yeah. And... Um, and they said, especially with this game, they, they needed the guys to have a bit more composure, uh, have a look up, and then assess the situation. If we're not set up, you're always going to find someone that's maybe just 20 metres to the left or right of you just to just to halt things up a bit so the Browns and all that can start running down and structure up, and then we can have the one-on-one contest yeah. rather than a four-on-one. But yeah. uh, it, it, was just, it was just a bad game all around. Yeah. It, and it's a shame, but um, but I, I think in hindsight, uh, I, even I kind of misread the the signs. I, I kind of thought the the Gold Coast GC, was a bit of an anomaly, and I just G- went, GC oh yeah, was a sign, unfortunately. we're playing interstate. You know, it's it's up north. The weather's different. They're they're just yeah, they got over the line. I think that would. And I honestly thought they'll be fine once they get back to Melbourne. They'll snap into another year at, at Marvel. They play Marvel so well. No, it actually turns out the Gold Coast was a bit of a sign. Yeah. Uh, that... And then again, you got you've got every time you say that, like GC with us was a sign, and we we appreciate that. It really was. We we shouldn't have won by that much. We should have won by more. All of that good stuff, right? But again, you've got to understand that. And everybody, I know it doesn't fit in with people's emotions, and I know it sucks to have to be clinical and look at the statistics and stuff. But unfortunately, you come back from the GC. And you're you're probably tired. Add Francis Sard Parish and No Heppel and Fantasia down and Waller down and bad decisions and bad forward entries into fifty, and that equals a ten goal loss. Yeah, yeah. No, you, you, if yeah. we had Francis up and about, if we had Sardi up and about, if Parish didn't go off, we would have been in with more of a chance. But 
when you take all those players out of a game, it's and I know you probably won't hear it from the play, from the coaches and stuff because they don't want to make excuses like oh we had we had Parish went down and all this sort of stuff, but it's the truth. Yeah. We had so many good players that were not playing at not having the ability to play at a hundred percent, and Port Adelaide just ran over the top of us. Yeah, and that that was simple as that, and they were really clean. I mean, their their set shots were fourteen goals too. Uh, they were just did everything crisp, and uh, I think the uh, kicking efficiency was like Port seventy six percent and Essendon sixty two percent. So there was just a clear uh, they not to put down a bit like last week with the Suns. Port actually played a really good game. Uh, but th- we were there for the taking as well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and that's just that's just reality. I I was always worried about the Ryder effect, but I, I thought Ryder was a bit out of form, so I was yeah, I was kind of hoping a little bit. It's his that, first game back in a while. But uh, but no, nah, he played. <laughs> but yeah. He played. He played. But especially as a ruckman, yeah, yeah. he played. Well, he didn't He's kill us around the ground, but just as a tap ruckman, Paddy Ryder could tap ruck in his sleep. Yeah. Um, and, and Peter Peter Laddams played well too in the ruck. So yeah, they, they just. They just they could pinch hit well in the ruck and just, yeah. So, but that's just the way it is. Yeah. Um, well, we'll go for another quick break. Yeah. And we'll, there's obviously been some interesting news today on Joe Danaher. Yes. And, um, uh, there was a bit of an update on Wallace. So is we'll, that a gigantic beat up? Or? We'll go through, but uh, can I first ask, before we go to the break, so the listeners understand, is it a two or three week calf injury we got here? Yeah. So there I was climbing Mount Kilimanjaro. Um, no, it, it was strange. I'm walking out of the office tonight. Um, on my way to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast Studios. And there I am walking over Elizabeth, uh, Elizabeth Street, um, Exhibition Street. And I'm walking along like normal, normal, everything's fine. And all of a sudden, somebody shot me in the calf. I, I'm just walking across the street. I'm not running or attempting to buddy, apprehend an armed robber. And all of a sudden, my calf just goes, ping! And right at the top of my Achilles, right in my calf, feels like I've been bitten by a snake. It's a strange thing. But I went to see um, Doc Reed. Um, <laughs> he gave me a jab. Uh, he gave me the magic spray. And he's telling me I should be good to go for the weekend um, if it's an important game against the dogs. <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> All right. We'll catch you after the break, guys. Lunchtime catch-up sponsor of the week. When you attend the Essendon training session, do you often feel like you don't want to go home? Have you ever dreamt about opening the window to your bedroom and seeing the view of the hangar in the morning light? Ah, the hangar. Where success is its mantra. (gasps) Did you say mantra? Yes, Scott. Yes, I did. I'm talking about the Mantra Hotel Tullamarine, the major and in fact only sponsor of the Lunchtime Catch-Up podcast. Are you suggesting that I, a Lunchtime Catch-Up podcast listener, will enjoy such an experience? Yes, Scott. Yes, you can. And at a discount price. We are very pleased here at the Lunchtime Catch-Up podcast to say that the Mantra Tullamarine is offering a, offering a special 10% discounted rate for Lunchtime Catch-Up podcast listeners that book using the promo code Lunchtime Catch-Up. Party on, Grant. Party on, Scotty. 
<laughs> I can't believe we did that in one take. <laughs> one take, Scotty and Grantos. That's what they call us. We are the worst at commercials, but we had to try and sound professional. And I, I think we nailed it. I think we nailed it. I think it. pure professionalism. The guys... If um, Demtel doesn't come our way... I, might, I, don't, I, I don't know what's going on. I reckon Jason McGowan down there at uh, the Mantra in Tullamarine is absolutely loving the fact that he's, he's sponsoring the Lunchtime <laughs> Catch-Up podcast right that now. That kind of professionalism, I think he would have been shocked by. I, I think he would. I mean, the yeah. production value wasn't was scripted, huge. It wasn't, wasn't scripted at all. <laughs> one take. Um, yeah. We've got the jingle at the end. Yeah. The jingle at the beginning. I think that's just gold. All right, that's I'm, I'm talking radio gold, <laughs> podcast gold. Okay, so, so what are we talking about now? All right, let's cover three things. So we're gonna have a segment where we talk about Joe Danaher, the 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 latest news. The of, Joe's going to Sydney, ah! <laughs> and the Walla contract update, and the VFL. So look, we'll start with the VFL. Yep. Uh, just pounding everybody pounding everyone absolutely I mean I think they lost last week but um, apart from that they're pounding <laughs> they everybody they literally had no one playing last yeah. week yeah uh, was it Sandringham so they, they had 10 goal last quarter uh, 10 goals yeah David Myers with uh, 39 possessions and 3 goals Noah Gown with 4 goals the huge Laverde heave. with 3 goals Ben McNeese with 26 disposals uh, so look a great obviously a fantastic effort I uh, can't say the game was obviously very close to the seniors game, so I didn't obviously see it. Yep. Um, but Grant, I asked the question. Mm. He, a certain David Myers mentioned that, you know, that he brought himself back to VFL, almost dropped himself. He did. He did mention a couple of weeks ago that he's now available for seniors if it if is warranted. Required. If required. Is it required this week? I asked the Grant Hill. Roger that. Um, okay. Look. Short answer, yes. Long answer, Kyle Langford. Now, I'll explain why. Now, ages ago, Scotty and I, we've probably said it on the podcast, um, that Kyle Langford deserved a extended period of time in the ones. Chuck him in the middle, give him six to eight games. He's had, what, ten games or something now, you were nine saying before. Nine in a row. Nine in a row or something like that. And he's performed okay. But I think he has his last few games have been below par. Yeah. Like below par. Now, as much as I don't want to drop Kyle Langford because the kid tries and he's he's a draft pick that we've we've put a lot of time and effort into. And when he's up and about, he'll give you a goal a game and all those sort of things. But at the moment we're screaming for a big bodied mid. Well, yeah, I mean, here are my thoughts on it. Like the last month he's played probably 80% forward high forward 20% midfield so it's probably not the ideal where he wants to play but that's the reality of of, of what he's doing yep. um, and I've felt like the last four weeks he's been off the mark uh, I felt like Port he was actually and, and Gold Coast he was actually quite disappointing if I'm being honest and, and for people if you hear it from my voice you know I've been his biggest supporter, yep. but I'm a supporter of the Essen Football Club overall. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, I, I'm a firm believer I've got to be fair to everyone. I mean, I, I had a time where Waller played four games in a row and I said, maybe it's time he has a, has a spell. Yeah. Uh, so I've got to be fair to everyone. And, and Langford just can't keep putting in these performances and have a guy... Having thirty nine disposals and three goals. Now, can I can I play the devil's advocate for you, um, young man? Please do, devil. Um, ask you asking you this question: Is do is the expectation of Kyle Langford f- from a coach's point of view 
mind you, a, a coach's point of view, is the expectation on Kyle Langford that he gets 30 possessions and kicks two goals? Uh, of course not. No. no right. No. So if he got, what, 19 on the weekend? 15. 15, right? So 15's pretty low, right? But is Kyle Langford doing his job getting 19 possessions every week? Uh... Not necessarily. Not necessarily. I, I still think that one... Would Kyle Langford argue that? Yes. Yeah, I bet he would, actually. Because uh, I think he thinks he's better. He would hopefully have a better out- output than that as well. Yeah. Uh, look, it's not just that, though. It's just like when you get the ball and and it's it's obviously little things. Like, I, I started to watch him for about 10, 15 minutes and, and it was very evident to me that he was quite reactionary. Uh, he was a person that actually had... Um, uh, his confidence shot. Now, they, they, I can give you a couple of theories on that. Yeah. Uh, because he's probably been on the chopping block nearly every week the last month as well. Yep. Um, so injuries have helped him out that way, but you'd still got to perform. Like you, you can't be missing for that much. There's moments where he's missing for whole quarters. The and, opposite running, yeah. the defensive running yeah. back is just not there from the ball. And, and we're talking like his fifth year. Like it can't be, it's it's not, yeah. he, he's not McGrath in his second you got to do like what Parrish has done this year. Yeah. You've got to have a standout year at some stage. And your fifth year is pretty much when you, you really you, got to you hit would, your You'd really got to hit your straps. Now right? I understand he's a young, very young player. So he's only 22, 23. But, but he's got to start hitting that form. So, and this is the thing. Yeah. Wouldn't it be nice instead of Shield and, and Merritt getting 30 every week, mm. Cole Langford's pinching some possessions and getting 28. Mm. And Zach Merritt could only get 25 because Cole Langford led the possessions and got 28 or something like that. So, look, we, we love Cole Langford and I've, we've, we've both argued for his inclusion in this in this team. But at the moment, David Myers is in some half-decent form. And if this is to be David's last season, um, then put him in the side, especially yeah. against for a really important game against the Dogs. Um, put a kid for a kid like David Myers. Put a bloke like David Myers in the side when it's really needed. Well, we need we need guys to get the ball. I mean, that's what, I mean. Like I said at the start of the program, we really just had two midfielders getting the ball. Uh, the rest of the and you're meant to have a seven or eight midfield rotation yeah. so you can't have six other players yeah. just not getting the ball and uh, that, yeah. we, we've said it before and we'll say it again you, you, you're always Zacks and Shields are going to get their 20s and 29s and 30s but you've got to have that next rung of high 20s and then down into your 19s to 17 possessions from your midfield and unfortunately we didn't have that we had a bloke no on what 21 possessions running off a back line we had Will Snelling picking him up in the forward line which is great but Andy McGrath then the next one is Mason Redmond the next midfielder who's not actually a midfielder is David Zaharakis after that it's Kyle Langford at 15 possessions Dylan Clark had 14 um, Razio Guelphy yeah, this is the thing like there's too many players that weren't up where they were supposed to be yeah. is, it an, is it an anomaly say that uh, so. quickly 15 times um, is it an anomaly just this one game then great yeah and obviously yeah. and Parrish being out really really hurts so yeah um, the doggies um, this week yeah big game <laughs> I look we've lost the last four against the doggies so they're not a team that we match up well against no clearly uh, because they're that little annoying chip 25 meter kick that we've never really had uh, a strategy to, to get around uh, and they're an uncontested kind of ball team yep uh, so we've really we've got to have some heavy strategy 
get everyone involved. Um, we've got to win the ball out of the middle. Now, what? What? Yes, uh, but what was officially wrong with Smack? Uh, from what I hear, gastro. Gastro. Okay, so it's not an injury. It's not no, like no, a he, two-week he'll, thing. He'll play. He'll play. Okay, good. Right. Now, now, I will say this, and this is some late-breaking news. Now we cross to Scotty for late-breaking news. Uh, just between us. Just between us and the... He's not the only person with a bug at the moment. Hello? Bombshell from Scotty. So, uh, I would say a few... One boy and maybe a few others had to be... Go home to, this morning with the bug, so... Okay. We're, get them on the get So, on the whether drips. they had the bug on the weekend, I'm not sure. I don't know when they started and stopped, but it might explain a lot about our energy levels. Mate, get, uh, get them on the flat lemonade and the shredded apple, like my mother used to say. <laughs> um... But mate, get them on the get them on the IV. Give them all the good stuff, only the legal stuff. But um, <laughs> mate, if it's <laughs> hey, we've got a pharmacist as a coach. Come yeah, on. oh really? Yeah, good. Yeah, um, I don't want to see a needle at the club. But anyway, um, yeah, no, no, mate. If the, if that's the case, then deal, then Smack gives us a, another a better option. Heppel has got to be half right now. Like yeah. he's got to be. He's what three weeks now. He's got to be pretty good. And look, let's be very honest. And I don't know what's going on, but. We desperately need the old Fantasia back, man. We just... What? Scotty, what's going on there, I, man? I, I I don't really know. I I, I wish I knew, but... Uh, I don't know if it, This might sound funny, because he's always never been a big person. But is it just me? Uh, does he Has he lost some conditioning, and is he really thin? Because I was watching him going, You feel, I feel like the Fantasia of 2016 I'm watching. Like, you're really skinny and... Yeah, he... But I don't know if that was just me, but... Uh, just nothing's just yeah. I do wish the club would come out and say he's got OP or he's got something that's well. They've only said that yes, he will require surgery at the end of the year and they'll, okay. and they'll manage it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, there's something wrong. I, yeah. not, I mean, same with Heppel. They got you got we've probably got two or three guys that are having surgeries at the end of the year, and um and uh, that's the little concern that I have. Yeah. Uh look, let's go today. Joe Danaher uh, was. Talking to you. He met with the entire Sydney Swans and he signed a 10-year contract and he's going to replace Buddy and they're going to have twin towers until Buddy re- retires. Uh, no. What was it, Scotty? No, well, look. You could play a devil's advocate here, right? Yeah. Because he did meet the Swans CEO. The reality is he yes. had coffee. Coffee. A kind of coffee slash lunch uh, with the Swans CEO. Now, the fact is, as a junior, he knows they're both good friends. He wanted to catch up with him, say hi. On the surface, and he was going to Sydney for a need to see surgeon, just yep. to get an update. On the surface, yeah, fine. Um, there's not much to read into it. Now, who else did he make? Am I foolish enough not to think... That the Swan CEO said, "Hey Joe, how are you traveling at Essendon? <laughs> you reckon you reckon Buddy's not far off retiring? Yeah. So I'm not. I'm not your saying. Dad, your dad obviously, had Sam. Obviously, up, yeah? Sam McClure drummed this up, and I probably, I probably rudely went at him a bit, saying um, you kind of putting up something that may not be there. But <laughs> the more I thought about that, well, may you know, if I'm the Swan CEO, I'm going to ask him the question. Absolutely, you're going to be asking now, him the question. It could be shut down in five seconds and everyone's moved on. Now, obviously, Longmire's had his statement saying, look, that's, this is nothing between this. This is just good friends meeting up. Yep. That was it. Some, and he basically was sarcastic and saying, you know, 
actual people in the industry can meet up together <laughs> you yeah. do realize uh, and i kind of treat it i'll treat it for what it's worth the but i have no doubt to the question was asked the issue then compounding it is the fact well, that um yeah mr mr anthony. Danaher, anthony played a few games for sydney as well yeah um and he met with uh, over 100 games so he, you know tom man. hartley met with him up there as well so yeah, look, there's a connection there, and the Swans always really hated not getting him, and they the need show. to replace Buddy. So um, I'm sure there's questions asked, but uh, it would fly in the face of Joe Danahoe, who actually had a radio interview before the Port game, when he talked talked about his injury, um, uh, and just gave a bit of an update that so far he felt like the response from the surgery was going quite well. He felt he's feeling quite good. And he was so excited to get back in the red and black next year. So, and he's contracted for next year. So there's there's nothing to suggest otherwise. But uh, you know, the Swans have always pulled off some really good upset trades. So I'll never say never because I'll, I'll look foolish with the Swans. Yeah, and they're a very professional outfit. But uh, it's close to I doubt it. Uh, I, I, yeah. I, I'm calling a big. Steaming pile of BS. It was a massive beat up. Um, no, is just the short answer to that. The, no. Yeah. And look, the other news came out late today with the age that uh, Essendon has now officially start started contract negotiations with Waller, which is always a very positive sign because yep. it always means that both parties are saying, "Okay, let's talk down and see if we can get something done." As soon as you have that kind of part, yeah, and we we work in procurement. As soon as you have two suppliers wanting to sit down and to say, do a deal to do a deal deals get done deals get done yeah so um that's the positive of the day now the price will be the i'm sure yeah so i was the lunchtime catch-up podcast wants to put out a uh, a call to all essendon people that may not yet be members let's sign another five to eight thousand members over the next two weeks to help pay for wallace contract it you could but membership's closed that's just buy it for next year <laughs> buy it for your dog the Save Waller Fund, uh, Keep Waller at Essendon Fund. Um, if we just, if you've got a spare 20 bucks and you want to send it to Xavier at the club, <laughs> hey Xavier, can you please put this 20 bucks to a new pair of boots for Waller? Um, we really want him at Essendon next year. What would happen? I'm thinking on the top of my head, I'm assuming it won't be allowed. What would happen if, if there was ever a situation where a fan base on Gof- GoFundMe raised 100k and said we're going to pay Waller separately to an AFL contract if Essendon paid uh, him what would happen on that interestingly it's a bit like when Juddy got paid 8 squillion bucks by Vizzy yeah um, to be a spokesperson for a recycling company he did no idea about anything to do with the business he just turned up and went this company is the greatest recycling company in the world right yeah I would be very interesting you might need to ask your little your little birdie that you know whether or not that might be okay because yeah what about what the situation would be if you... I don't know the AFL would be particularly because the happy. payment is outside of Essendon yeah, you're right. Um, oh, it's just, it's just, but it's a bit like I've seen Waller down at um, Essendon Hyundai, I believe, a while back. I'm um, getting paid by those guys, separate to the oh, AFL. Kia? Was it Kia? Was, Was it? it Kia? It's probably Kia. Um, getting paid by those guys. So I'm wondering. Yeah, yeah Hempel has a separate contract. I yeah, think, still. With, it's very interesting. Um, but, yeah. Look, Waller, you, you're welcome. I've got, I've got a sneaky hunch. 
um, that I keep for a rainy day. You are welcome to it, Walla, if you stay at Essendon. And unfortunately, it's literally a hundred dollars. It's uh, look. I'm not saying <laughs> not that was not like a colloquialism for like a, a stinky mill, but that was literally uh, just a like one green note. That's all I've got. <laughs> but for Walla, it's yours, mate. It is yours. Yes. By the way, did you see the photo of one of Australia's best sporting stars and Ben Simmons? Uh, yes. <laughs> hey, did you see what I, I did there? See what I did there? It was, uh, yeah, well, it was pretty exciting. I mean, it, uh, Essendon must be so chuffed to have Ben Simmons as an ambassador. You know, it was and one NBA of the All Star. One of the funniest things I've seen was if you follow Ben on Instagram, it's it's great, right? Every every second Instagram post has an Australian reference, mm-hmm. and it's just hilarious to see a kid like that, number one draft pick, literally for a while there, one of the biggest deals in the NBA, and he pulls off. $210 million Australian contract um, over five years with the Philadelphia 76ers. Now, I don't care who you are, whether or not you are LeBron James or Ben Simmons, a kid from Box Hill, they don't pay you $210 million in the US unless you know exactly what you're doing, right? <laughs> yeah. And that you are going to make them $210 million plus back, right? But one of the funniest things you've ever seen is on his Instagram, he's rolling around in Rolls Royce. He's got his beautiful Ferrari and all of the stuff. (laughs) I see a post of him. He's in Australia at the moment. And you see a post of him with his family going down the escalator at the Nunawadding Homemaker Center. It's hilarious. Ben Simmons is... One minute he's getting off a bus surrounded by security, screaming women at him, getting out of a Rolls Royce. And the next minute, he's just riding the the escalators at the Nunawading Homemaker Centre in, in Eastern Victoria, Australia. Couldn't possibly be more further away from the bright lights of uh, of Philadelphia. And he's just a just a dude pulled up in the car park, heading down the escalators at the home centre. JB Hi-Fi. Just going to JB. Just want to just want to pick up a new. Uh, uh, just whip into the Homemaker Centre. Need to get myself a coffee table or something. So. Mate, Ben, if you're listening, I know you're a listener. Um, he's probably not a listener, but if anybody knows Ben, tell him about the podcast. Um, mate, yeah. great to have you back in the country, dude. And uh, he's there is training a, with the Boomers too. He is and all. Um, there's a centre half forward spot just waiting for you, Benny. Now, before we say goodbyes, I, I look, we've never talked to Harley about another sport, even though the last two minutes we did. Well, yes, uh, <laughs> except for that what time we just did then. Yeah. But your biggest passion, my wife. <laughs> my wife Diane that's my biggest passion your biggest passion and I outside of the Essendon Football Club my wife is cricket and lords and ashes and... <sighs> yep now tonight yep what's going to happen what's going to happen is the deck is um, pardon my French but the deck is poo so it's spin deck. it's a spin deck right and unfortunately no one's got any decent spinners uh, in this side because no one thought it was going to do anything Outside, the, what is Lions? Lions, Lions, yeah, Lions, Lions, okay, but I mean the the Poms haven't got um, a front line spinner. They have got Mohinali. Um, but what's going to happen is with three hundred and ninety eight or something like that to they get, need, yeah, they need about three eighty, I think. Three eighty in a single day. There is no way the uh, deck, yeah. the soap dodgers um, are going to try and get three hundred and ninety eight in a day. Right then, three hundred ninety nine in a day. There's no way they're going to do it. Um, they will put the cue in the rack, so to speak, 
Um, they will bat out the day is because it Block City is it? It's Block City all night tonight. They'll they'll just get a bit of batting practice and try and learn about um, Jamie, Jimmy Patterson and those boys. But the second they lose two or three wickets, it is shut up shop. Because the thing you got to remember is that the Poms have the Ashes. Yes. Right. They have the Ashes, so we have to beat them to be able to retain it, right? So if this first test turns out to be a draw, then it's fine. It's the equivalent of the Poms still having the Ashes. So if we... So you think it could be a draw? This will be a draw. I bet you a million bucks. Unless Starkey or somebody just rips through the top end of the Poms. Starkey? And, well, he's not playing. Well, not Starkey, sorry. Um, uh, Pato. Pato. And those guys rip Siddle. through. Yeah, rip through the um, rip through the Poms, then... Look, we, we're half a chance. But the second they lose two or three, they will just shut up shop and that'll be the end of it. Well, I'm going to go with an Aussie victory. I think that's been... Ten wickets in a day? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's England. <laughs> Ten wickets in a day. I laugh at the face of England. You, you laugh in the face of the soap avoiders. Righty-ho okay. then. Well... Hey, you can catch us on Spotify. Yeah, hey, Scotty, where can they, where can they find us, mate? <laughs> SoundCloud. Uh, we all had that moment of who goes first. That was me. Uh, yeah. Obviously, everyone knows in every podcast channel you can find us on. Check yep. us out our Facebook, our Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast Facebook site. Yes, you can get us on Instagram, the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. Um, and a big thank you to our Patreons. Um, we've got a couple of new um, Patreons joined up. Uh, it's been great. We really want to thank you yeah, for we've that. Had I think we've had uh, close to fifteen in the last two weeks. It's great. We love having you guys on. If you haven't, um, if you haven't come and checked us out over on the Patreon site, go and check us out on the Patreon site. And I must admit, I have to say this, and one day we'll release it to the general public. We did our favourite podcast. What? Look, it's got to be top three. Absolutely top three. Uh, it was just meant to be a normal team changes. Thursday night podcast. And then Scott embarrassed the bejesus out of me. And little did Grant know as he was doing the podcast that the whole time Gary O'Donnell was listening to him. And then, and, uh, here, here I am doing like Scott and I have known each other for like whoa, 38 years or whatever it is. And I know Scotty pretty well. He enjoys a good fart joke. Like, don't we all enjoy a good fart joke? So here I am uh, at home. He gives me a call and says, Hey mate, uh, let's get this underway. Yep. Cool. And then, just as a as a hilarious uh, childish kind of joke, I just as I know he's about to, well, I, I'm guessing that he's about to hit play or record. Um, I give it a little sort of, I give it a <laughs> fart noise, right? And it's childish. It's it's childish, but truly hilarious. And Scotty just went, "Oh, you're so, he didn't stop recording. He, oh, you're going to regret that." And I went, oh, "That's weird." I can't believe he's going to keep that like childish fart noise in the podcast. I'll probably get rid of it afterwards, right? And he goes, actually, Grant, you're really going to regret that because on the line is none other than the Essendon former Essendon captain, Gary O'Donnell. And I'm going, oh, (laughs) Gary, how are you, mate? I think Gary O'Donnell mentioned that you might need air freshener at your house. So, uh, the whole whole podcast went for about 35, 40 minutes. It was one of the funniest things. Gary O'Donnell is a cack. And then, look, if you, if you, you, for those Patreons, definitely have a listen because at the end, just when we thought Gary O'Donnell had hanged up, Grant started throwing at me in F-bombs and then suddenly we hear this, hey guys, I'm still here. <laughs> so basically, Gary O'Donnell thinks like I'm a childish foul mouth right now. 
in Grand Slam. <laughs> so it was like the perfect podcast for Absolutely. me. Absolutely. Go and check us out on the Patreon site. With, um, there's some great exclusive yeah, we, content. Yeah, we, we do there. some fun stuff. And uh, just so people know, uh, we're going to do some whole, we're going to do some um, countdowns from 10 to 1 on the best players for the 80s, 90s. The nice. no, what do they call the noughts? The noughties. The noughties. The noughties. Um, and this last, and the current decade. So we're going to do four different podcasts and just do a countdowns. And Grant and myself are going to actually do our own list separately. So we don't know yep, what we're so going to do. Yeah, absolutely. And do it live on the podcast on the Patreon site. And just and then we're going to have all the Patreons discuss about cool. what they think. Cool. All right, guys. Have a great week. Uh, we've got the Bulldogs on Saturday night. It's our home game again, so let's get down there. Yep, absolutely. Uh, we all turned up last week. Brilliant effort by everyone. It was oh man, joint was packed. Well done, by the supporters. <laughs> it was a bit disheartening because yeah, but uh, but first look, time we've seen them live in a while, and yeah. uh, they lose. Yeah, but to have to have that kind of crowd size and also to celebrate over eighty four thousand members, uh, the Essendon family is bloody strong. And, yep, absolutely. Uh, and uh, we're, Don't throw the baby yeah. out with the bathwater, boys and girls. Um, get yourself back down there yeah. again this let's, week. Let's, it's, let's it's, get them into this final series. It's as important this week as it was last week. So yeah. Let's get some energy. Absolutely. We will, uh, we'll talk to you guys next week, and we'll talk to Patreons on Thursday. So uh, have a good week, everyone. Catch you guys.